Welcome back to episode nine. I'm your host, Dan Steers from Double Land Horsemanship, and we're back from a short hiatus. And joining me in the studio is good friend Kim Hagen, aka Special Comments. And as he requested, here's his intro song. I'm Kim Hagen, yes, I'm the real Hagen, and all you other Kim Hagens are just imitating. So I'm the real Kim Hagen. Please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up, because I'm the Kim Hagen, yes, I'm the real Hagen, and all you other Kim Hagens are just imitating, so won't the real Kim Hagen please stand up, please stand up. <laughs> I guess there's a little Kim Hagen in all of us. Stop it, let's all stand up. <laughs> hang on, hang on, Kim, let's get... Oh, that's, that's outstanding. You, you like it? Uh, yes, I'm very appreciative. <laughs> The crowd liked it too. Oh, absolutely. Um, Steers, that was an honourable mention. Uh, Got to say, uh, I think it's fairly plain that the superhero skill didn't come through for you. Well, that's the whole point. Everybody's <laughs> assuming, because I'm getting heaps of messages and I've had a lot of requests. That's the only reason I've given you a song is I know you've requested it, but I've also had a lot of other people message and say, you got to rap it. So. And I think they'll be second guessing that little request. <laughs> But it, it's – I said to you before – I, I think we should have had video of you listening to that as it was playing because you found the highlights throughout it and you were giggling away and patting yourself on the back. Oh, <laughs> I got this. I've been on the road for the last uh, 10 days or so and it came to me on the road and I was like, this is actually one I can do the chorus to. Nice. It's the only song. And I was like, yeah, Kim Hagen, Slim Shady, it sort of works. Yeah, yeah. And I only had to change literally like two words out of the whole deal. And uh, – <laughs> And then I came down here and I- So classy. Yeah. And it's just so ironic how bad it is, I think, because yeah. I'm actually not trying to make it bad because it's funnier that it's bad. Yeah. But that was me trying to do a legitimate show about it. Like I said to you, I think it's uh, so horrendous. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, that's that's where it is. It's just a real niche. So anyway, well, um, maybe I'll try to come up with something better in the, in the coming episodes. I'll, I'll, I'll try a little bit harder and see if I, I think can- Craig's World was outstanding. Well, that was even easier. Yeah. Craig's World. Craig's World. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. much it. I've got no timing or rhythm when it comes to anything music, so I'm sort of at least can be half handy when it comes to horses. But yeah, I, both our kids are really going to struggle to have any music talent because Pierre's not really blessed with it either. Sorry, darling. Oh. But um, but <laughs> a little, unfo- little carnage there. Yeah, unfortunately, um, our kids are probably going to have to look elsewhere to get if they're good at music. Maybe I should ask the question. Might have to do a DNA test. Mm-hmm. But uh, moving on. We won't get stuck there. It's a massive episode. We're back on track with the timeline because we had a bit of a break from that, even with our last episode where we answered some questions from our listeners. And uh, and then the feedback again I got from that was mm. really good. And we're going to go. My mum liked it. She's not a horsey. Wow. Yeah. She loved the horsey questions. Thank you, mum. Gay Nanny Beth. Yes. Bit of a fan of Nanny Beth. She's a lovely lady. So thank you for listening. Um, so we're going to actually follow that up in the future. And we're going to do a, a bit more of that. And and Dan come up with the idea when we were, we were doing that episode, like some of the questions could be an entire episode. One in particular that we'll chase up will be about, I guess, expectations if, if people are out there listening or they've got kids that may be interested in getting into the the horsemanship world or into the, even the really anything equine world when it comes for a career that uh, we certainly with our experience have got 
some really good advice that we're going to share and probably even vent a little bit because, you know, you know what it's like, Kim. We've had a fair few young people come through our doors and, and some for the better and some for the worst mm. and, and we'll share our experiences and, and even throw ourselves under the bus as well if required. But also, it, it like you said on the last episode, it gives people a bit of an idea of what you guys are looking for and, and what a lot of people in the industry are looking for, which, I don't know, millennials might miss out on that that message a few times. Yeah, they might need it drummed in. That's, that's Us the old, biggest old bastards, we're all right. We're like, we're we get it. We'll We've speak. been through the tough times, walking through the snow barefoot. Exactly. To the job, twenty miles away. Yeah, and then miles do- back in those days. Yes, everything was miles, tough. and then and then back again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cold, stale piece of bread for breakfast, if you're lucky. Yeah. I actually used to. This isn't even joking. Of course, I, we had it tough. Yeah, I know what it's like. Everyone's <laughs> going to say all. It's each generation. Yeah. But I did used to stay at work. So the uh, and I'm going to get him on the phone. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> when I did my Farry apprenticeship, I'm, I'm going to get Pete on the phone when we do that episode <clears throat> just so I, he can clear this all up and I might be imagining things or making things up because obviously it was a long time ago but I would start so I'd wake up before the rest of the household and I'd get on my push bike because I didn't have a license or anything and he had uh, rented a farmhouse on a separate block to where his equestrian uh, facility was mm-hmm. it wasn't far but I'd get out in the pushy <laughs> yeah so you're making out it's the, not 20 miles push, push bike was the big effort but nah, in actual nah. fact he rolled down 300 meters of hill no 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 it's a bit <laughs> it was flat so I didn't go up or down oh, a hill. Even easier. Yeah, but it was, it was yes, yeah. but I still had to ride down there. You couldn't, you know, it's not a walk. They would drive down there. Anyone who had a car would drive. Yeah, then, this no is the, and this is the thing of today. Like if I ask the kids, can you go and, you know, feed those horses? Can you go and pick that rug up? Whatever. Brum, up starts the buggy. Yeah. I'm like, it's 200 meters away. Walk down there. So I'd, yeah. I'd ride down there, feed the horses, clean the yards, do all that, then ride back. And then I'd have to hand clean up shoes by, by a rasp. So I've got a linishing machine out there where you turn it on and you just make the shoes smooth and ready to use. I'll do two sets in do the you morning. you call it a linishing machine? Yeah, that's it. that's what that machine is out there. So jewelers It's know nearly it a finishing machine. Yeah, we've got linishing. I don't know why. I didn't come up with a name, <laughs> but that's what it's called. Right I, right I, right didn't, right. I didn't mispronounce it either. You didn't make it up? No, it didn't make Good. it up. Well, less every farrier that's told <laughs> yeah, me it's exactly. a linishing machine it's made it up. ongoing perpetual <laughs> yes. joke in the <laughs> farrier's world. Yes, yes, but I didn't start it if it is. <laughs> and the, finally, you've put it on air and they're laughing. Yeah, and they're like, there it is. Jackass. We got him. Hook, line and sinker. Finally. That fifteen year old, the fifteen years of um, in planning that has finally came to fruition. But yeah, I mean, it, as I was going to say, as Seinfeld fans, they should take the George Costanza approach, where he gets a job and they say, "So we'll see you nine o'clock on Monday morning, George." And he says, "If you don't mind, sir, I'll be there." Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we talk about that in an article that I wrote. But getting back, let's talk about me for a little sorry. bit longer. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry so to interrupt. I was, yes, <laughs> I clean those shoes up yep. by hand, two yeah. sets, and polish, then I polish your shoes. No, no, the Russ wouldn't Psych, probably. You see, that's why you didn't get there in Farrier's world. The, the Russ wouldn't have done a real Fall good apart. job of that. Well, and then would go inside and then I'd have breakfast with the family mm. that, that I'd live Did with. Did you cook it? No, mate. They had, this is the extra oh, mile. I, I this is had, what we're talking about. <laughs> I probably got my own breakfast. It wasn't, you had to find it a wasn't different a, career. It wasn't a cooked breakfast. It was grab your own cereal and, and eat with the family while they uh, were getting you, the kids if ready. If you'd made the effort to purchase some eggs and bacon, could have been a cooked breakfast. Have you been. ever looked at it like that? Well, I didn't earn any money either. So for my Farrier apprenticeship, <laughs> I used to pay board. They had you and, and get get suck it in on the linishing machine. Yes. And I didn't have there every morning. I didn't have, I was polishing the li- shoes. I was the linishing machine. Paying I, for breakfast. Yep. I was the linishing machine. And of course I wasn't earning money. So my mummy was funding the um the oh, board. Oh, right. Yeah. So your mum was paying for the right to have you worked. Sort of. She was pretty happy with that though. Well getting your nasty buddy. I wasn't living with her at the time. I was yeah, I know, living with my were, dad. You were out of order as a young kid. Oh yes. Yeah. Like, so that's insane 
insinuating you've but, come uh, good but since I, then. But I had come good at the time yeah. even. <laughs> but, but let me just before we finish this because it's going to go on to this other episode is that even by saying this, I am not trying to say I did it tough. I loved every minute of it. I, I never once felt like I was – taken advantage of or yeah. like oh. it was a privilege to be there. Okay. No, I know you always go, we're not even at night. No, folks, we usually have been recording these obviously at night time. This is a daytime one. So I'm we drinking haven't. a nice coffee. I haven't been drinking. And Kim's got nothing and yet I would expect that he wasn't going to take things too dirty on this episode but apparently Please. not. It's just in his Please. nature. But that's all I wanted to clarify is just that it's, you know, I'm not sitting here and saying, yeah, you, oh, I did you, a You tough. relish the chance to try and- Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, we'll show your appreciation by just working. Yeah, but and there was what was then you're I was told that was what world. we had to do. Yeah. You know, it was like the, you know, it wasn't like I was showing initiative. It was this was what was going to happen, mm-hmm. and and he didn't want an apprentice. So my dad pushed me to go there because he was a good farrier. He's just like he's going to slow me down and cost me money. Mm-hmm. Hence, you're not getting paid. And if you're going to live here, you got to pay your own way. Mm-hmm. And then of course that changed over time. But we'll get into that on another episode. You're on the big bucks. Oh, absolutely. Farrier apprenticeship, big mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah. So anyone knows what that's like. It's yeah. pretty tough. Got to go out there and trim your own horses and it's a good way to get get paid though it's a good it is certainly a good industry cashies but I've got a couple of stories from being away since I was away for three clinics. I did a horsemanship. You didn't even turn up at the clinics. What are you talking about? You said you were away for three clinics. Oh, God, you're red hot. <laughs> Let me get to these sounds here. Oh, you're not a sharp, are you? Yeah, here we go. Where do we got to go with? Uh, you want me to tell a joke again? Like, don't yep. quip really. It was okay. like, oh, so you weren't even there for the clinics. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were away. Uh, there you go. Or... Oh, very nice. So, okay, let me get back to the three clinics I've been away for. So I did a yeah. horsemanship clinic at Cowra, yep. which was great. Got a little bit of rain on the Saturday night and so made it a little difficult mm. on the Sunday. But there we had heaps of our listeners were at that clinic, so they were giving us a shout-out for our podcast. So thank you guys out there yeah, cool. for the support. And they've been also – I've been getting a lot of messages about, hey, when's the next episode coming out? Even though I, I did say on the last episode – We had a little bit of a break. We're going to have a little yep. bit of a break, but we're back now, obviously. We're back, baby. So then from there, this one gets into another story. So I drive from there, not too far up the road, and I go to um, a little town called Stock and Bingle. Have you ever heard of Stock and Bingle? Wow, no. Well, Stock and Bingle's out of Young about oh, 45 minutes. Yep. When I w- was rolling through Young, I got some groceries for the caravan. thought it's a, it's a little bit too early to get lunch. I'll get lunch when I get to Stock and Bingle. Yep. It, was like, there was, it was like 20 to 12, so yeah, I'm like, what time I get locals. there? Yep. So I get in there, start driving, and, and the clinic is um, just outside of – Stock and Bingle, but I thought I'd just go to Stock and Bingle, get some food. I get to Stock and Bingle. No food? Nada. Wow. There's nothing at Stock and Bingle. Have they got a pub? So shut down. Yeah. But it's a ghost town. Oh, wow. Yep. So it looked good. Like they may be a trying to sell it or something because it does look like it would open. They've done, done I asked, tough times through COVID, you reckon? Well, I think even before. But apparently there's a bowling club that they open a few days a week. Um, so and now you're going to do the whole clinic hangry. Well, no, there was. I, it was the day before the clinic. I had have, food with me. You have an aforementioned love of food and a hatred of being hungry. Yes. Um, no. So I just sort of thought that was a bit of a thing. So I drove back and I was I was having a bit of a laugh because I had to backtrack to go to actually where the clinic venue was. So I got back there and I was like, well, there's not much at Stock and Bingle, is there? Or, or did I miss something? You know, did I? No, no, no. I was at the right place. So that was funny. But then the other story that came out of it. Hard the- to mingle in Stock and Bingle. Oh. <laughs> Play it. <laughs> 
<laughs> there we go. So so that was one story. The other story was we're standing around the back of my truck in the morning and we're doing a, the intro chat. And while we're there, there's another um, car and a float. And this guy's another listener. His name's Rob. And, and, and G'day, Rob. Call him Hercules, right? Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. Always my little Hercules. Yeah, he's is a big, strong unit. And I'll tell you why. So he's got his horse there and it's tied up and we're having a chat and it's got its saddle on and it's, and it's right there. And he's standing sort of in front of it. And I don't know, we've been talking for a little while. Out of nothing, like nothing spooked this horse, but it just went and sat back on the halter and pulled back. And in the motion, this and Rob didn't even blink an eye. This thing pulls, sits back, and he just reaches his arm out and grabs it just where like the lead connects to the halter <laughs> and literally just pulled it forward. Like Why it was not? pulling back and it just the horse just surrendered and stopped. <laughs> And just and I I sort of ignored it and everyone ignored it for a split second and I thought no no actually I've got to mention this yeah. <laughs> I'm like what just happened if I would have done that first of all the horse would have pulled my arm out of my socket yeah. second of all I would have got struck in the face and third of all then I would have got squished between the horse and the float as it jumped forward yeah. not this guy He's just it was just like post not today yeah. like, you will not do that now stop yeah. it was we made jokes about it the whole time it was just like he was just like and the horse just went okay yeah like he didn't argue he didn't try it ever again wow it was just like, what is this guy? We had a guy like that when we were over at Kempsey. I, I worked over at Kempsey for a number of years and we had a bloke who I was around doing some work with some bulls and a two-year-old Angus bull, he was having trouble because the crush was giving way and it wouldn't hold this bull. So he just held this two-year-old bull while I it had an abscess or something on its back end that I was having a look at and he just held it where the crush would normally grab it around the neck. He held it and I'm just standing there in awe just like, who is this bloke? But the first thing I did – recruited him to the uh, uh, to our tug of war team. I was, I was thinking you were going to say rugby. No, to the tug of war. Well, could he, he would be. He was too old for rugby. Uh, but the tug of war team, and uh, he was the one of. He wasn't even the, the linchpin. He was one of the tug of war team. That needless to say, we won the tug of war three years in a row. Well, I'd love to see. I don't think this guy would need a team. He was about 140 kilos. This bloke. Yeah, right. But like muscle. Uh, and yeah, he won one very overweight. He was. Yeah, that's just an ox. This rock. I don't know what he would like. Weigh. Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> and That's the Eddie Murphy reference I know, for you. I love yeah. it. I Hercules, Hercules. Hercules. Oh, a little Hercules. I was just li- leaving it to you. I wasn't, you know, I was. Oh, cleanse my colon. <laughs> <laughs> He is alive, ladies and gentlemen. He must have missed the Kim, missed the special comments, has missed the uh, podcast for the oh, last couple it. of weeks, and now he's back with a vengeance. But yeah, no. So that was my Rob one. The other one was then I travelled from that clinic and I went um, to Darks Forest, which is a, a riding ranch as well as um, an adjustment place down near Sydney. Beautiful spot. Shout out to you guys. Heaps of them are listeners as well. But while I was down there, I learnt something. Have you heard the saying "esche" before? No. I want to put that out to the listeners. What an esche? If you know what an esche. Is. And I don't even know if I'm saying it right. It might be essay, essay. It's I've heard e- of an essay. Yeah, no, 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 I've never heard of one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty of my Fs for them because I didn't, never did one. But anyway, E S H A Y. Yeah, right. So, so is that an acronym? I don't, no. And what it, where, where these guys brought it up, and I had to ask the question. This was the first time now learning about this that I officially feel like I'm old and out of the loop because because what it is is it's like a type of person like you know like a hip. Hipster. But it's not a hipster. But what I mean is, you know how you use the yeah. phrase hipster, and then yeah. that describes, yeah. you know. So these are these kids at school, and I'll, I'll tell you what they—they they think they're tough for a start. They apparently that basically these girls would tell me about it that they're all on the Instagram and no, not even Instagram anymore because I think that's bloody getting well, they old. Must be tough. It's the TikTok. No, these girls are talking about it. <laughs> but these essays, right? They're showing me some of these essays, and they—they—they called them puffer fish too because I reckon when they see it, <laughs> puff out their chest a bit. But anyway, they're wearing <laughs> well, they bum bags. Blow off at the same time. They're wearing bum bags. <laughs> 
It's a part of the look. Oh. And they're bashing people. They reckon they're tough and they get into fights. And It's like The Rock, Dwayne yeah. The Rock Johnson back these, in the 80s. They're, they're looking 80s. They've got the glasses on like the 80s. They're wearing oh, haircuts like priceless. the 80s. And they're these school kids. And I'm like, is this a thing? And everyone was like, everyone that was under 20 were like, oh, yeah, everyone knows about this. Uh, everyone knew about it. Anyone over 20. Shays. Yes. But I had to look it up and I just thought, I'm putting that out there to the listeners because I'm like, am I missing something or does no one know about this and, and maybe we shouldn't know about this and it's, it's just – I'm thing. suggesting we shouldn't know about it. Well, it's just these kids at school. Ask your kids when you get home. Yeah. Well, it, maybe it hasn't. Well, I didn't know about airbenders until COVID-19 hitting one of my boys and then all of them. What, I don't know what airbender is. Airbenders, they get a haircut with an arrow on their head pointing forward. Why? Don't know. Shaved his head. Why is it called an airbender? Because they bend air, I presume, as they run with this arrow on their head. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, what's an airbender? That's an airbender. I'm like, but what is it? That's it. Oh, terrific. So, yeah, it was kind of like we've got a certain amount of time where we're not going out in public. We might as well look like clowns at home. Honestly, I've got to put up with clowns everywhere, Steers, not just you. Yeah, well, <laughs> you beat me to my own, to your own segue there. What about you, Kim? What have you been up to? Before we get Dan James on the line. Um, well, I've almost crossed paths with you because I went down to Yass on Friday and camped the night there with my new horse truck and – and in the interim, the, the old horse truck was being sold up at Tamworth and it disappeared on um, Friday night. And when I arrived home with the new truck on Saturday, as I say, probably, probably could have honked horns as we went past. Oh. Um, but yeah, th- so that was the the big purchase of the um, the time, but um, more an exchange. Um, and other than that, yeah, just work, work plows on. I've been busy with work as well. So there's plenty to do in the equine vet world. Well, that's fantastic. Generally, this is the quieter time for you. Yeah, it should be holiday time and and. COVID interrupted our trip to Fiji, which would have been a nice little break. Um, and then not knowing where the world's going to go, you just keep taking work as it is. Like it could all go quiet tomorrow. So you just keep working, working, working and can't go away anyway. So, hey, keep working. So. And buy new trucks. Help well, the economy say, was, spend, it, well, spend was, some money. It was um, kind of sharing money around, but it was, as I say, it was a bit of an exchange really. And the um, you bought an Iveco even though – I know. Even though that I we tried Dan to – Dan James's words echoing hauntingly in my ears so about – the IVECO story. You made it story. home from, yeah, yes. Home. Yeah, yeah. So that's got to be. Obviously, a, we had a few mechanical oh, errors along the way. I was going to say, if it didn't, if it made it through cleanly, that would be a record. It was a record. Oh, good. Happy days. <laughs> I reckon it's leading. So far, so good. Yeah, it's leading into a false belief <laughs> because James's IVECO went for ages too. Now, I just said we're going to get Dan James on the line, but before we do that, we're going to do Craig's World. Craig's World. Yeah, play the music. Let's have him. Craig's World. Craig's World. Craig's World. Craig, are you there? <laughs> I still love that. That's awesome. Yes. Go how on. are we, gentlemen? Good, mate. How are you going? I'm freezing. The real Kim Hagen? The real Kim Hagen. I much prefer your song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after listening to the two songs, that's that's a much better version. So I'm going to have to do a little bit better. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm going to have to do a little bit better for Kim. Uh, hopefully the listeners out there can um, put, post some comments and, and give us some ideas about the Kim Hagen track, even though that I don't genuinely believe you should have one. I love the, the effort. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Thank you. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, no, we just I'm just shivering over here in Tamworth. It's we've had a bit of a cold blast on the east coast and I can't wait for it to disappear. I love winter, you big sook. Yeah, well we've um you know you know yourself, Dan, that um Perth can get chilly and we we went through a um two degree morning. 
Um, but as you know, I'm on a road trip, so we're heading north and um, looking forward to some 30s and 35s uh, next week for me. Oh, wow. Bless it. I wish I was coming on that trip to be that honest. Is north. You can kind of come. So I'm expecting that, um, you know, Craig's World will be on the road oh, next week. So yes. maybe you'll be calling me and I'll be up in uh, Sunny Broome or somewhere, somewhere like that uh, enjoying some um, some rays and uh, and then and the beach. On the road. Roving reporter. Yeah. Maybe we can <laughs> do two, right. two segments with Craig and we'll get <laughs> find a local or something to interview or get in get involved we've got maybe some videos maybe do a daily diary of Craig on the road I'm just I'm feeling like you could become the that second. should be your mission is to find somebody who listens to the podcast in the town that All you right. come to wow and yep you, I do I like that that's merchandise yep, we need merchandise that. we need we should have had some shirts organised some bumper stickers and shirts I've got a shirt yeah well so I'll get on to it I'm going to get on sticker, to it. I got nothing not leave that with I, me I would need though I'd have to say I would need another theme song for that. Yeah, the new because the new segment will be a new segment, different segment, different segment, new song. Yeah, yes. another I'll, song because I can just pop them out as we've as we've noticed. <laughs> Yes, that's right. All right, so let's fire it up because Kim is on a timeline. Not all you're popping out down here. Now, one, now one thing I did want to um, change up a little bit with you guys from last week. Right. We're going for yes/no answers, and Ooh. if you get a yes, you get another question. Yeah, I like it. So that uh, should take out some of the silly questions. I think. Oh, I didn't think anyone would do silly, <laughs> but that's okay, righty. So if oh, you get a the truth, comes out, doesn't it, Steers? Yes, so. Dan Steers. <laughs> all right, Craig. Daniel. Yeah. Who's going to start? Daniel. Oh, Kim can start. Why don't I start since I'm the reigning champion? Yeah. Mate, you've, you've got this. I yeah. think two questions and you're done. Oh, okay. Go. Righto, there's pressure. Well, I'm up for it. Let's go. So what are we um, Are we guessing an, another person, are we? That's not my question. We are. <laughs> yes, that is a question. So it yes. is a person. Okay, so you can go again. Okay. Uh, oh, is the famous person a male? Yes. Is the famous person over the age of 30? Yes. Is the famous, yeah, you got two questions, buddy, and you're going to have to get it. (laughs) Am I ever going to get a turn? Is the famous person in the entertainment industry? Yes. Is the famous person involved with the equine industry? No. Okay. I've got to think very carefully. Two questions, princess. Two questions. Um, The number of people that I know, Kim, in the equine industry is restricted to the people on this podcast, just so you know. Yeah, he should have gone the other way. I should have said. Um, (laughs) So it's in the entertainment, but... this doesn't really, it still fits in the entertainment as far as, okay, are they, <laughs> so, so again, are they a musician? Yes. Oh, I wasn't going to ask that. Um, are they in the rap genre? No. Oh. Uh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm back on track though. I think I know where it's going. Are they in the country music genre? Not strictly. Oh. Country rock? No, don't. Don't you start. That's oh, a double he, question. I didn't get a yes, no answer, did I? Oh, okay. <laughs> is I was just trying to help him. Okay, is it country rock? That's his question. No. Okay, this is my question now. Is this somebody that uh, that you're a fan of more than we are or more than what I am? Possibly. I don't really know, Dan. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to get another question for that. I'm going to give you another one. Um, is it an Australian artist? No. Oh, that hurts me. Is it an American artist? <laughs> yes. So we've got over 30 in the music industry. Uh, are they alive? No. Nice. Oh, oh, you're all mine now. I've got you now. Really? Yep. Daniel, you're in a worlder. Because I've got nowhere to go to. Now I better just think about guessing here. Um, <laughs> Put pressure on him. 
This is your genre too, music. Oh, no. Not mine. So possibly. So just to clarify while you're thinking of your question, were they over 30 when they died or are they now over 30 than they died 30 years ago or something like that technical? No. They must have been over 30 when they died. They were over 30 when they died. Excellent. You think you know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) You're just freaking me out. Okay. So... Uh, I don't, but I'm just go going, to the archives, Dan. I'm going to the archives. I'm just pulling blanks. Somebody that we would have listened to. It's, it's is it? I only know bands, maybe rather than um, who you. We are talking an individual, and I would know, and I would know who this person is. Oh, very much so. Come on, I'm on you. I'm on you, sister. I'm going to pass. I'm going to let Kim go. I don't think about it. Did he at times leave the building? Oh, 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 I'm so, back, baby. How is that? Go, just do it. It's the king, Elvis Presley. Yes. Yeah. The, Your sto- face, the buddy. story is that Dan, back in the day, had a very good Elvis Presley impersonation, of which he did at my wedding. Really? Given a lot of pressure by the crowd, that and terrible, um, I think. Uh, mate, I'll, I'll have to go Thank back to, to the video. I definitely have video I of it. I think I was. Um, I do remember it being quite good. So was it a visual impersonation? Yeah. <laughs> yes, certainly. It was <laughs> yeah, it was that you know oh, the we need that thing video. with the arm swinging thing. Yeah, that he does. I can't believe I was, <laughs> I put it I was up on my socials. I was never going up on your socials. He doesn't have socials. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, e- I'll email Google and tell them to put it on Insta, Facebook, whatever. Well, if you're um, – because you're so hip with all your socials, do you know what an Esche yeah. is? Mate, I do. I have children, remember? See? Um, I have a 15-year-old that Thinks that he's loves, an Esche. I'm going to flog my it. children when I get home. I have no knowledge of an Esche. Neither did I. <laughs> no. It's just like a modern bogan. No, it's well, um, it's, it's like, a kind of a sub-genre of bogan, I reckon. I don't even know. Well, I got shown some photos, but it's a very – Back in my day, it Some of them have bum bags. Some of middle. them have bum bags and satchels. No, What's the it? bum bag is an essential. That's what well, – make it different from a regular bogan is the bum bag. Yeah, see, back in my day, an Esche had an introduction, a middle, and a conclusion. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> You're a lunatic. Uh, All right, well, let's close this out with the famous... Craig's World. Craig's World. Craig's World. Craig's World. Thank you, know. Craig. We enjoyed the segment. I'm I'm just wiping out the two to one rule. It we're just one each. Now that you've made one this, all? yeah. Now you've made it a bit trickier. So I, didn't ex- I, yeah. I did want to bring it back into um back into even up a little bit yeah. on this one. So that means we're going one all. That's nice. So I, I still feel that you know the brothers have got an advantage here. I, I need a um, definitely one definitely. point one one point one. For yeah, me. but you're the you're, no, I'm ahead. That's it. You <laughs> you can look at it that way on a count back. If we're even at the end of the at the end of the season, how many questions? Questions it took. No, but just a count back will be if we're even. You get the you get the chocolates. Okay, fair enough. All right, thanks, Craig. Yep. Thanks for okay. thanks for uh, right, coming thanks on. Thanks for having us on, guys. Catch All you, right. mate. I'll Bye. talk to you from the road next week. Yeah, Happy look forward days. to it. See you, bud. Hello. <laughs> there, there I is. thought. I thought you were leaving us for sure. I was just like, maybe we won't. I was about get to James. say, I bet he's sitting there with a bunch of mates going, "It's that bloody steers calling again." Yeah, what is Don't worry, mean? I'll ignore him. Yeah, put him through to the keeper. <laughs> and then he thought, uh, nah, "No, but Kimbo will be with him as well." I better better answer. So I think it was that exciting, boys. I was. Um, we were trying to uh, wrangle the kid out of the out of the to get Isabella down and. And uh, try to make an escape with bone in one hand and bourbon in the other. 
So are you in your trailer? No, no, no. I've, um, we have the in-laws in, so they're in the trailer, so uh, me and the dog are on the back porch. Oh, you poor bugger. At least it's warm over there. So what is uh, Isabella not doing? It's got to be quarter past nine over there, right? Yeah. What's she yep. doing up? Get some control in that house. Oh, she doesn't go to bed until we go, go to bed. Uh, Zara tried to say that to us one day, and and uh, obviously for the, for the listeners that don't know, she's, she's older than Isabella, and she said to me one day, she's like, I want to go to bed when you go to bed. And I'm like, we do go to bed when you go to bed. We put... Put you to bed. Once you're asleep, we go to bed. There's nothing after you going to bed, which she couldn't believe. She's like, no, nah, you guys, she must think that I go to bed and then the party starts. All the cool stuff happens. No. And this is, yeah, and we're not telling her any fibs. It's literally when Zara's down, then we're in bed. And it's a lot yep. earlier than 9.15 too. Yeah, I'm a vet. It's much easier for me. I just went and put the kids to sleep. <laughs> Where's this coming? I can get them to go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. The pharmacist. <laughs> So good to have you on the line. What have you been up to since uh, we haven't done a podcast now in almost a couple of weeks? Mate, it's been like busier than like I, I can't even begin. Busier than to one ask you. Yeah, yeah. The whole COVID like, thing hasn't really slowed any of us down. No, uh, well, uh, you know. No, I mean we were busy through like you guys were doing projects and blah blah blah, and then yeah, like people have been so restless to get out to do stuff. Like we had a Liberty Clinic that we thought, okay, we'll have this. We'll run it for five days, and we'd so many people want to get on board to do it we had the agenda for two weeks yeah wow fantastic you haven't been to any Trump rallies yeah <laughs> what's that haven't been to any Trump rallies there was a few spare oh, seats no, I've been, I've, well see I've, what I've been trying to do is um, like unbeknown to Elizabeth like sign her up for one because that would just like isn't she a Trump supporter though oh, she hates Trump <laughs> has she always hated Trump I couldn't remember when I was there I knew it was one way yeah, or the other she hates hated him Trump. Yeah. Like, like literally one of the best photos I, I had <laughs> is we were in Denver airport and there was this life-size cut-out figure of Trump and on the back, like, you can't tell what it is and she's, like, standing next to it unbeknown to her. I'm like, oh, hey, stand there. Oh, what a sweet photo of you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, got a photo of her next to Trump. Can you please send that to me? I might might put that up on yeah. our socials and see how long it will last before she takes it down. <laughs> At least we know what paraphernalia to buy her for her birthday. Yeah, she did the red cap. Oh, oh, with red that red cap, cap. A few big shirts. Yeah. Make America great again, yeah. Any of them um, will, will go across really well. Just a COVID mask. So um, how's the rallies and the riots happening in Australia? Uh, we didn't really have riots. The rallies things, they've now sort of got under control. We had, we had you know, people go out there and there was like most major cities had 30 plus thousand people do rallies. We've had that now go on in at least three, if not four of the states. But then the government sort of got on top of it and-, and Well, Victoria stuffed it for everybody. Outlawed, outlawed them and, and just sort of said, you know, it's just not the right time. And everybody seems to- like I think they're going to do yeah. one in Sydney, and they had the cops just there. Yeah, the and horses bolted be- for Victoria. They've they've sparked COVID back up. Down yes, there. but but it's not like a lot of them. State been, of America, but not a lot of them. They can track to that rally just yet. So they're not yeah. saying it. They, there was a couple that came out of it, but yeah. but a lot of them they they've got from international travellers. Apparently, weren't staying into. They weren't. They didn't have security for them, so they put them in these hotels, and then they're just walking on out. And the other issue was down there that the um, hotel staff caught it, and then they went home and hang out with a bunch of people. Yeah. That, that's yeah. where it's getting to. So it's the international travellers that called the army on. If you believe that, you believe that bloody bouncers are pacifists. Oh, well, I like this. <laughs> God, you have to always rain on my parade. 
All right, let's get off the politics. Hit us up. Have you got any convo starters? Right yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's see. Um, if you were transported 400 years into the past with no clothes or anything else, how would you prove that you uh, were from the future? <sighs> Oh, you just start Nostradamusing up. Start. You'd, you'd want to arrive with pretty good, you know, knowledge of history of kind of the last four hundred years, and then you could just start picking events. You know? Yeah, but you'd have to pick the events. Yeah, much yeah. before your time because they're going to go. Oh, well, anyone could know that. Yeah. It's only history. Or you could start inventing stuff. I'm gonna. That's that's the idea. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That that gold. We need Kim Hagen here, yeah. the smart one for these sort of. I'm the Kim challenges. Hagen. Yes, I'm the real Kim Hagen. <laughs> James hasn't heard the rap song. Steers has come up with an intro song for me, Dan. <laughs> it's terribly it good. Is horrendously enjoyable. <laughs> uh, are you, you going to allow Donald to, to do his rap song for you, Steers? <laughs> I don't know if he still remembers it, but I did. For the listeners, Donald came up with a rap song about me, but it got banned because I, he, I did not like it. <laughs> Uh, um, and so was he it, will occasionally do it, but I'll start it, it better off. than you. Oh, much better. <laughs> do you, yeah. So let's have another one. Have you got another one there, James? Yeah, yeah. But what, what this is, I mean, like I thought when you guys asked me these questions, I had to come up with definitive answers, like of my own. Like oh. you came up with inventing stuff. What did you come up with? <laughs> I was, I was seconding it. I was. <laughs> are, you, are you gonna like start rap? <laughs> start rapping? Is no. Like I won't be able to start rapping. Invent boy. rap. It was rap. How old is rap? Like it wasn't. Around 400 years ago, you could. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I could not, that's t- not going to prove you that you were from the this, future. This I could, could solve two problems in one go. You could become, <laughs> by definition, hero. the best rapper in the world. <laughs> by being the first, I I'll could tell become you what, the best. The genre wouldn't progress very far. Well, I'll give you the tip. Well, first of all, I'd want some clothes on because <laughs> if it's like landing back in Tamworth 4,000 years ago at this present time, it is freaking freezing over here. One thing I've observed about rapping too is if you start rapping, like if you're in the middle of a song, I watched the voice the other day, right? And if you start singing and then you start rapping in the middle of a song, you have to start wiggling your hand funny and you have to start like waddling like a duck. So if you were naked, things would be jiggling all over oh, the place. Oh, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, exactly. So first of all, I'd say, please can I cover up a little bit because I'm assuming they don't have a hell of a lot of clothes. That'd be where you need your little finger to be clothes, for example. Yes, that's yeah. good. Snap it off, hair of trunks, happy days. And just keep going. But if it keeps going back as the same thing, you're going to have lots of trunks. No, you've got you've got the mind-bending friend who'll bend it into something else. Okay, so let's just say for argument's sake, I'm going I'm going to just show them my rapping skills <laughs> and say that this is a this is a, a music genre from the future. You burned as a witch. You, you've Dan James is. I mean, sorry, Kim Hagen's invented something. What are you doing, Dean James? Oh, I don't know that I actually had to answer my own question. Um, of course you do. Uh, do We've taken all the big ones. <laughs> yeah. How do I prove that it's from the future? Um, yeah, the invention one. That was a damn good one, um, Kim. Um, Imagine the time you'd be sitting there and you'd go, God, I wish I had. Hey, I can invent it. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, it'd be just like, maybe that's where um, buddy Galileo came from. No, not Galileo, um, uh, Leonardo da Vinci. He invented a lot of stuff besides being an artist. Wow. You, you think that he, yeah. like, somehow in the future heard I think he's come from the future. Actually, uh, exactly. He's And then went back. He's a listener. He's an avid lyncher. Listener, Vinci. How are you, pal? Good maybe, to hear from you again. Maybe he he caused the COVID deal just from the butterfly effect. Travelling back in time, you know, <laughs> puts a ripple in the world. Press, <laughs> press the crickets button for me. Thank you. I, was, <laughs> I, I thought we should more do something. Butterflies like, in your top end. Where is the... 
Uh, would have been more appropriate, but it's still crickets after that. Was that from the X-Files? Yeah, it's, it, funnily enough, on my board here, it just calls it the scary sound, but sounds a bit more sci-fi. X-Files or um, what was the other one? Anyway. All right. Sounds like Dan doesn't really have one. What's your next combo start before we roll into the timeline? Okay. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm trying to think which one. Because uh, do you want two or do you want three? Bring just, it on. Just one more. Just give us one more. All right. All right. So I'll give you this next one. Okay. If you were wrongly, if you were wrongly put into an insane asylum, how would you convince them that you're actually sane and not just pretending to be sane? Oh, that's such a good question. He, we I brought this I'd up. He brought this up the last time. I think I'd be stuffed. You guys don't, aren't even convinced about me in the first place. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> um, it would be. It's. A hard... I'll, I'll answer first. Yeah. I would. I would tell them that I, that I'd been transported 400 years into the past, <laughs> and that I didn't have anything, and uh, and invent something. <laughs> So you're going to go back past the fact that you're, there. you're getting locked up for sure. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to you, you go with it, Kim, because I'm going to take a short little bathroom break, and you're, oh. going, you're going to answer it. Um, oh, now I've got to move my chair out of the way so you can get to the throne room. Um, now. So you get locked up in the asylum and you got to prove that you're not mad. Um, I'd, I'd reckon I'd almost go the corporal clinger approach and try to prove yourself so mad that they think you're sane. I think that'd be the only way I could go about it. So that they go, this guy's just. But how it would on. they know that you're not pretending to be? Um, how, the final part of the question is: uh, so it says, how would you convince them that you're actually saying, not just pretending to be saying? You, you're saying like just to act so insane that they're like, well, he's got to be saying. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way out of it because if you just sit there just saying over and over, look, seriously, guys, I'm not mad. But if after a while they just go, look, this guy's so, so cunningly crazy, he just might be saying. <laughs> And uh, I just have to go with that approach. You just, just you know, out-silly them at every move. Really? Every time they think that I've been silly, just step it up a notch and get even crazier. I think you're, yeah. you're going to find the they're going to use electro <laughs> electrotherapy on you when you're getting electrocuted, <laughs> exactly. my friend. I, I might have to revisit the approach if they started using nasty-ass uh, techniques on me like electrotherapy. My one, I'm just going to just play. I'm just going to say, hey, I understand that this is going to sound crazy, but I do not belong here, and I'm going to prove it at every turn and be sane through the whole process and say, look, you know, I know it's yeah. an accident. No, you're not going to leave me. Yeah, there's a 20-year yep. tenure for you, pal. <laughs> just say, give it. Give After me the, the test. 15th year of getting needles yeah. stuck in you and strapped down to a table. But you're the one that's just going to try to get. white room. You're the one that's just going to try to get crazier. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> think you're going to beat oh, the system yeah. by saying, look, oh, you better believe I shouldn't be here, but I'm going to show you by being. Ming, 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 ming. <laughs> you can do it so well. I think. <laughs> James, I think you should get locked up regardless just at this point. I don't know how he hasn't been tested. It's a cunning plan. I don't know how – maybe that could be one of the episodes is I mean, Kim Hagen gets tested. Like, it'll either be one of those – it'll be either one of those situations where we look back and go, yeah, well, that question finally broke him and uh, we got to the root of it all. And then, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm strong. And then I'm he's going to last longer than Steers is. He's going to be locked in there and then he's going to say, no, call my friends. He's acting like that. He's going to call us and say, come and verify this for me that this is my technique to get me out of here. And we're going to be like, no, no, you need to be here, Kim. No, I'm, is, not, I'm not going to say ring Steers. This he's is your going place. to say that I'm sane. He's going to say he's going to say he's <laughs> insane. And I'm going, this guy, like he's, he's so clever. He must he's <laughs> either he's, he's either maniacally clever <laughs> or he's insane. And I think he could just be sane. <laughs> 
And I'll be so, sitting there going. So I want to. I just want to go out and make a point, saying though, mm? when we look back on these questions and looking at our superpowers, mm. you can see how impressive my superpower has been in this situation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, you should yeah, see his that, face. Eh? <laughs> he's, he's, he's staying in character. <laughs> and, then, and then start eating things out because of your hair and it's stuff. Like in this situation, <laughs> like I, about, I think about your superpower yeah. about rapping mm-hmm. and like how, how useless, it, you how useless it is. <laughs> my time travel is going to be my only hope. I've got to just stick to the time travel when I get asked that question in the future. 400 years ago, you know, you're in the, the realms of people, you know, but this is my time travel. I could just keep, I'll go wherever. So if I accidentally get in the, you know, the, the insane asylum, I can just get myself out of there by traveling back in time. So oh, well, I'm sticking yeah, to that. Obviously. Danny's messing with everybody's mind and you're just going to be locked in there for life. Let's, let's keep going. Cause <laughs> we're, we're otherwise, we're not even going to get to the start of 2011 and it, is an absolutely massive year. So the first part that I want to get onto is the Australian Got Talent. Can you guys just talk amongst yourselves for a minute while I go and top up my bourbon? Absolutely. You go do that, James. It's real. All right. Thanks, guys. Giddy up. Real back to front with the whole podcast thing, isn't it, Kim? Because normally we're the ones topping up the rums and he's just exactly. waking up in the morning. It, I, I didn't say anything then when he asked, can you guys just talk amongst yourselves? Because I was a little bit sad. Yeah, well, I mean, it's nearly- No drinks for us. You're on the, um, the big iced coffee. coffee. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I've done it now it's gone so I've done nothing it's just bloody cold but going into our first part of the timeline that we're going to talk about here in 2011 is the Australian got talent mm. and we're going to call it AGT because it's much easier to spit yeah. out the, the prep we're going to get into the show itself and the aftermath and then we've got heaps of stories that's going to come out from from each part and while Jan, Dan's getting his drink I'm going to talk a little bit about the prep so part of this deal is is we've we saw the show must have been back in 2010 and Dan actually even said we got to get we got to do that show and I was just all in. I was like, "Yep, that's that's our go-to. We're going to get on that." Australia's Got Talent. Yep. Fascination with Dicko or Dicko wasn't in it that year. Who was the judges? We had Kyle, oh, Kyle, and that. Yeah, and then we had Danny McNoke. Danny McNoke. <laughs> There you go. There's Danny McNome. There's, there's a new nickname, Danny. That's a pretty appropriate. Right, pretty right. appropriate. He's just renamed Danny Minogue, Danny McNome. <laughs> um, we're just talking about this. Don't think he was even being cruel. No, he wasn't. It was just a total slip of the tongue and I've got no rum to blame for it. But um, I was just talking about the um, Australia Got Talent. Australia's Got Talent and we're going to just keep referring it to AGT for the listeners. So I was, I was letting Kim know about the prep side of things and, and I just had mentioned that we we saw it the year before and decided we're going to do it. But then, and I don't know if you even remember this part, James, but Donna, a good friend, Donna Morton up there in Queensland, they were looking for animal acts and they actually approached her because she's it's got- Disgusting. <sighs> just keep off. <laughs> she's got an agency where she, you know- supplies talent in in all sorts of animals for advertising and whatnot. So they've approached her and, and they were looking for dog acts, funnily enough. So she trained them or she just uh, talent uh, scout? Talent scout mainly. Yep. And um, and they're looking for dog acts to go on Australia's Got Talent. And she's like, I don't have any dog acts, but I do have a couple of guys with horses. And they said, yeah, bloody look, you know, we'll, we'll look into it. And so she passed it on. She rang me. She told me about it. And then we got a call from Australia's Got Talent, even though they didn't know this, but Dan and I were trying 
trying to get into the show just through the regular channels, which yep. is just applying for it. So that gave us a little head start because all of a sudden they've rang us and then Dan and I are like, yep, we're doing this. We're going to, we're going to get it. And they asked us if we wanted to perform outside because it's a horse act. Mm. And this was unanimous from both Dan and I. We were like, no, no, we want to go on the stage. That's We don't want to be outside because they put some of the bigger acts outside. We yeah. want to go on the stage. We want to challenge ourselves. So they said, if that's what you want to do, yep, that's what you've got to do, but you got to stick with that. So we said, yep, they go down and we had to do essentially an audition that people don't see, which is for the producers. So we drive to Sydney. We thought it's sort of the real deal. No, nah, it's not inside. We're out on the grass. They film it. They interview us. And then they say yes or no from that. Oh, which, wow. which is, so is that the same with every act? That is the same with every act, which makes you now understand wow. a little bit about how it's perceived because they call that an audition when they film the, the first time you see the punters. Yeah. But it, but on our run sheet and whatever, it's already a heat. It's not a you're in. Yeah. It's a heat. Plus, you know how they always have some dodgy acts? Yeah. And then when you're watching the TV, like, oh, these guys have lined up for hours, they've got an opportunity, and then they just go in there and act stupid. That's That's got to be all man-made. So they've either sourced them elsewhere where or oh, I thought TV sorry, was real. I'm just wrecked the magic oh. for everybody out there that uh, follows reality TV. But but besides from that, what I'm getting into in this prep is then once we've got the okay, they've actually asked Dan and I to go down there and do like a risk assessment, OHS style analysis because they started to get a bit nervous about the horses coming on stage. Do you remember this, James? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we drive down to Sydney, no horses. We just drive down to the theatre. Must have been a few days before, or a week before, or something like that. Mm-hmm. We go there. And of course, we're not going to say that um, it's unsafe. We we get there and um, we get there and we're looking around and we've got to make all these assessments. And we're like, yeah, no, nah, all good. You know, oh, we just might want to put some rubber down over these cords that we're going to have to walk on. And I'm, I was standing there, James, looking at that stage, just going, it's a, about a meter or more fall into the where the audience is. And it's like an amphitheater. <laughs> was there an audience? No, no. This was just before that. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we haven't got the horses. And I'm like, if a horse gets a bit spooked it's all black like the stage is black the carpet's black the seats are black they've got no depth perception <laughs> so they you- just walk off the stage and fall in how are we getting them out oh don't worry about what they're landing on no well we've got to get them yeah. no matter what so happens they just crushed four people in the no. front row and you don't care they, they were a little bit further back it's like imagine they don't sit yeah. right underneath the stage but I was more like we didn't check any of that out we should have checked it out like could we get them out these exit doors or could we you know if they're seriously injured yeah, okay. but we didn't want to scare the producers and the organ and start talking like that. That's better to have a tragedy than than you know be prepared. But it would have been a good show. But but do you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we could have. They were worried about a crap happening outside bloody Cole's dressing room, and you not, were not outside. Inside, inside. We'll, happy days. We'll get, get to that, that too. Because but you were you were seriously contemplating um, you know killing audience members. Well, I was more worrying about my horse and James's horse, obviously, and how would get them out in that because you'd have to probably vacate the people first. I reckon Ari would have crushed more people than double image. Well, luckily, <laughs> luckily none of it happened. If he went down ass first. So we don't get Titanic. past this prep. We're not even going to get into the show. We're not going to get to the rest of the year. We might not make Sorry. the whole – I'm open to we don't get through all of 2011 this episode and we, we carry it on, but yeah. but we'll, we'll just move on a little bit. So we go down there, we drive home, and Dan and I talk about this on the way home. We're like, did you see that? Did you see this? Like all these things that we should have covered in a <laughs> – 
in an OHS Consummate report. professionals. Yeah. Anyway, so we get by, we get through there. The other good thing that the listeners won't know as far as we, we prepared for this and way, the way we prepared for it was one, Ari had to lay down on, on some carpet. We got some mattresses underneath the carpet and um, practice laying him down at home and double image was sitting on the beanbag. There was no big deal. We used um, boots, which were the Cavello boots for the horse's feet so that they had a bit more grip, no shoes. And then we measured out an area on our arena that was the equivalent size of the stage and said, well, if we could do our act inside this area, then we're going to be okay on stage because you're actually not allowed to rehearse on stage. So what the people do see on the TV as far as, you know, an audition, that's exactly how it happens. Yeah. You don't get a second take if it doesn't work. It's yeah. it's a one-take deal. So we, we measure that out. We do our act. All good. Happy days. We go down there. We get told we're going to be the second act to do the audition because the first act was like a huge band. So they needed heaps of setup time. Yeah. So they're going to put them in first because they can set up all morning. They're going to do their bit. Then when we get them out, you're going to be number two because we don't want the horses to be hanging around. The, you know, the crapping. It's, it's not even the studio. It's actually the Sydney Theatre. So they just rent the theatre as they yeah. go from state to state. So they didn't want the horses hanging around any longer than they had to. So that was good for us. We get in there and then they say, oh, can we get some of these little cutaways for the show? Blah, blah, blah. And that's when they come up with the idea about going into Carl. Kyle? Kyle. Kyle. Kyle Sandlands. Not Danny McNomes. I'm just shocking with my names this morning. I'm just cold. I'm actually shivering a little. Are you not cold over there? That's brisk. Get, pull that doona off there if you need. I've got a big jacket on and you've got nothing I'm coping. over there. I'm coping. So anyway, we, we get in there at Carl's. Kyle. <laughs> I'm thinking st- yeah. quicker to train a monkey, James. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. So they do this little deal and they get double image and they put this on the episode and they put him in and he hardly fits in there and they don't want me in the shot. So imagine it's like you come into a small corridor into the, into his dressing room yeah. and then it opens up into a really long table where they have all the lights where people do their makeup and blah, blah, blah. So I'm standing at one end of that and, and the horse is at the other end. So they can't see me. They can just see the horse's head and neck when they open the door. So they knock on the door and they have a gag about, oh, you know, you ready, you ready? And, um, you know, they knock on it and they say, oh, you're not looking too well and all this sort of stuff. So when they first open it, Double Image is a little wary about being in this small room. When they open the door, he looks out the door and he looks at them and it's perfect for the camera. Yeah. And like James knows, whenever you do any stuff like this for, you know, these media outlets and whoever it might be, they always seem to get it in the first take, but they want to do another 50 takes just to see if they can get one better. <laughs> so they go on and on and they change the line, like when that knocking on the door they're changing what they're saying that's the only thing that they want different well eventually double image gets bored and he quits looking out the door so he's just looking at me because i'm in front of him yeah. so they open the door and the horse doesn't look and they say oh can you just get the horse to look out i'm like well i can't while i'm just standing in front of him like and they're like just try it again and try it again well they do it for so long eventually he does get really relaxed and he takes a dump <laughs> On the carpet. And we had, that was one of the things that we'd organized. We had a couple of girls helping us that we had a bucket and a, you know, a shovel. And then we had a bucket just in case one of the horses needed to pee, which Ari did at the same time outside, didn't he, James? Yeah. So Ari's peeing yeah. in one end of the, one end of the <laughs> theater and double images pooping in the other. No respect. And we, and we, we get to clean it up. And while we're then waiting to go on stage, the staff's just flipping out over stuff. We can just see him running around all hectic like. And then I sort of asked him, what's going on? And they said, oh, you know, the smell, we can't get the smell out. And, and we only rent, you know, they've got like, you know, $10,000 bloody, um, you know, 
thing for the theatre. What do you call it when you bond? Yeah. A bond or something like that. And yeah. they're like, we're going to lose our bond. And, the, the, and they're like, we're going to cut the carpet out. We're going to cut the carpet out and replace that square. And I'm like, just hang on. Like, because the girls went in there and cleaned it up with a shovel, but you know, there's a little bit. And they said, we, I said, just vacuum it up. It's fine. Vacuum Lime it up. green stain in the middle of it. And they said, we, we can't vacuum it up. We tried that already. I said, you're trying to do it wet. Just let it dry out, brush it up. Like, don't be cutting the carpet. No, they cut the carpet out. What? They cut like a meter square of this carpet out, which was only just like that industrial type. Bloody precious TV times. Yeah. So that's the stuff that people don't get to see. So then the next thing that I wanted to cover on the Australia's Got Talent, so then we do the act and so the show. So you call it AGT? AGT, yep. Thank you. And we do it. And there was a couple of things there. So one of the things that people can watch the video, we'll put it we'll put it back up online. So when Double Image is sitting on the beanbag, he's just flicking his nose a little bit at the start and he just looks a little restless. And what it is, is I'm watching my whips because I'm a little bit energetic. You know, I'm a bit pumped about this show. And I'm like, am I just brushing him with these whips? And I stop for a second and he's still just flicking his nose up and down. It's not my whips. It's Dan James's whip. So Dan's on his horse and he's doing the Queensland crossover. Mm. And the whips are right in front of Double Image's nose. And so he's trying to duck them left and right like he's, you know, shadow boxing Muhammad Ali or something. Yeah. While James is in his moment doing his whip cracking and I've paused to see if Double Image is what's going on here. And it was all because when we had marked out our little area, we didn't, this is the rocket scientist in both James and I, we didn't equate lights. for the fact that there was walls. Yeah, walls, lights, cameras. Lights. Yeah. So if we were just on the arena and we were just saying if we could keep the horses inside this line, yeah. but we didn't account for their whips were going outside the line. Yeah, okay. And they did tell us when we were when we were going in there that if we hit the backdrop, if we hit the backdrop, it's only magnetic and it will just fall down. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. So we probably- Cheap, bloody cheap and precious. That's borderline insane. So then we- Lock them up. So then we- <laughs> Lock the bastards up. So then we probably we probably pulled ourselves a little bit more forward than than we needed to, and we probably put ourselves a little bit closer. So that was one of the things that happened in the show that I thought was you know an interesting side point, and we just had to keep going through it. Then the next part, which I'll, we'll get James's point on this, is when it all said and done and finished, and we got the three yeses unanimous. So like you're going through, you're going through, you're going through. Lies. We we we, 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 walk, we walk out of there, and both there and I sort of go like look at each other and just go that was just surreal. Like we'd done so many shows up until that point, you know, yeah. that we talked World of Christian Games, all these bigger shows, yeah. and yet we went in and went out and it didn't feel real. Yeah. Is that how you remember it, James? Yeah, 100%. It's like one of the only ones that you find yourself in the moment and it's just like it happened like in a blink of an eye. And, I mean, it, as, as you would remember, we were up early, early with the drive from North Arm Cove all the way down, you know, through Sydney that morning, get parked, get set up and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it felt like it happened within a split second and, and then that was it. Yeah, it was just all over and done with and in and out. And when it was all said and done, like James mentioned, we'd done all this preparation and then you get there and you do it and we walked out of it feeling like maybe we didn't even do it or all that feeling. And that's the part that I want to just cherish the most is when Dan and I sort of looked at each other, I still, still remember it. You know, vividly in that fact that we were just like it had the exact same feeling of yeah. just actually did we do it? And then the next minute you, you sign in contracts, like they sign you up straight away. So yeah. did, did did the judging continue? So they had acts go straight on after you. Yeah. So then they kept on. So rolling. the judges don't come out and chat to you. No, you're no, just the out producers, the back. Yeah. Producers are signing your life away. And yeah, and they, they're doing those video cuts. You know, they did yeah. lots of video cuts that they don't use. You know, even just us preparing the horses and what you might say. And they used, you know, yeah. we got we got really good airtime. That was one thing that we got looked after as. 
who've got really good airtime because some of the acts just go in and out. And but in some of the acts you notice they talk to them like, you know, before the act, like after on the act. Ninja Warrior, they kind of go, you know, spend all the time watching all the runs of all these people. And then they go, oh, and Tommy and John and Stephen got through too. Yeah. And yes. you go, oh, so, so they terrific. only focus on whatever. Stephen obviously doesn't make round three. Yeah. Useless. So, <laughs> so they, they looked after us in, in that part. They knew that they wanted to, I guess, showcase it one way or another before but, they gave you the ass. Yeah, let me, I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that in the aftermath. So the contract is an interesting one that I wanted to bring up because you don't realize that lock or everyone because now you're going into the what they call the semifinals, which which is you know probably just the next round is what they advertise it on the TV. Sort but, of semifinals, but for it you breaks guys. it down if you go to I think it's the top three. Basically, the contract will come into play. Yeah, so okay. you sign it pre ahead of time, so they can't go. Oh well, I'm feeling like I'm getting through this and I'm going to get a career out of it. Yeah, and I didn't sign. I'm not signing your contract. You got to sign it to get onto the next yep. step. And they have you by the gin gang for, for twelve months. They actually, you know, so that's why I, they really obviously look for acts that they can sell, you know, music wise yep. or dance wise because they put them on the road. Justice crew, all of it. They get all that money. They, you know, give them. It's, they get like minimum wage to do it, and they sign to them in the in the short term. So I thought that part was interesting, which we didn't know leading into it. We only knew, and we didn't care. Yeah. Then it also sort of dawned on us a little bit that we're going to be limited here. We're not. We're not the acts that they're going to want. You know, what are they going to do with a couple of horse guys? We had a, a, a schedule then they sort of sent us back to say, this is when you're going to come to Melbourne. So it, it changes from, you know, being these um, venues that they hire to you go to the studio. So then they give us a date and they, you rock up, I think, on a Sunday. You do get to rehearse now and that's when they'll do a bit more sort of lights, camera, action. And then I think you film on Tuesday and, and that was it. So we had all this teed up and they ring me. I was in Adelaide. I still remember this pretty clearly. They ring me on the phone. They say, oh, we've got some bad news. And I was like, oh, okay, what's you know, going on. And I think it was only like a few days away we were supposed to go down there mm. or a week. And I was like, oh, okay. And they said, we, um, the Channel 7 studio is not going to allow the horses. Must have heard about the pooping incident. They said, we're not going to allow- a square meter of carpet. They couldn't afford it. Yeah. Stinking. So they said, they're not, they're not going to take the risk and have these horses come in TV types. into the studio. So we're like, well, where does that leave us? And they're like, well, you can't, we can't move forward. So Mate, no longer an offer to go outside. No longer an offer to go outside. And somewhere else. No. And we did say that from the start because they said it to us. Yeah, but I mean, you're in or you're out. Like you're inside or you're outside, and you don't, you can't go backwards and forwards. They what? told us that from the sun. I know. Yeah, because they come up with some precious, half insane, bloody TV type who says, "Oh, you can't do that." Yeah. Well, you could if you were bloody. If they, tr- if, if you were more. But maybe they didn't have the time, and it was already, it was already in. And, and that's why, if you actually look in the show, we never get kicked out. No. So they do this. They take people in. After that, we didn't, we didn't get a mention either way. They don't say, "Oh, well, sorry, we don't have them here," because. I think it got so to the last minute. And that's what they told me on the phone. And they were so professional about it. There was one thing that I that I sort of remember was not only the conversation was really professional and they sort of said, look, we want you to come back for next year and we'll try to resolve this ahead of time because I just didn't have the time, mm. which once it got aired, we didn't really, there was no point in doing it next time mm. um, because we, we got everything that we were ever going to get out of it. Mm. So we didn't know that. So then I had to ring Dan James and tell him he thought I was pranking him. You remember that, James? Oh, 100%, mate. And, and then, like, what the heck? Yeah, he, he thought, nah. <laughs> so then I had to go through the whole thing of, no, no, I'm not joking. Like, that took a while to get through to Dan. Like, he's just like, no. Because it was just so left field. Like, it wasn't like they hinted this might be trouble. That's why I really believe what they went through. Because they on the phone, this producer was like, no, no, we batted, we batted. And that's why I really believed him because they did leave it late. There was no, you look, we're having a bit of trouble, but we're going to try to get through it. It was just like, this is it. And, you, and we can't get through that. See, they wouldn't have kicked. Dr. Harry off. What's Dr. Harry doing? He'd have animals. 
Yeah, the animals every week, <laughs> every week. They don't kick him off. Oh, you're talking about the Channel 7. Yeah. They don't come into the studio. Oh, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Yeah, well, you show me the clip. Anyway, that, that was a part of it. So let's go. We've done the show. We've got told we're not going back on. Now it gets aired. So we sort of don't know how that's all going to be received because it's a fair few months. Like it was pretty early. I can't remember whether it was about January. I think we did that filming, James. You remember? Yeah, that, that time when I don't, I don't remember. It was certainly the summer because we got photos from it and, and it's, you know, pretty warm and I'm pretty sure we're in, it was because I was in WA and we did the wedding thing and it wasn't long after we got back that we were sort of having to get ready. So I think it's about January or early February we go down and do that and when they then uh, air it, it's not until like late April, maybe even early May because I'm down at a, a expo, like an agricultural expo in Tasmania when it gets aired and, and I took some horses down there and they went, went across – yeah, across the... Um, yeah, well, yeah. It, it would have been summertime in the States. I remember I was in the States That's when right. it aired. Yeah, so summertime, it was, it was you're absolutely right. That was the next thing I was going to get to is asking you where you were at that time because it, it came on and we didn't know exactly which week we were going to come on. So we're having to watch the show <laughs> and, and figure out, is it... And anyway, it, I was in a um, hotel room in Tasmania and it pops on. And then next minute my phone's lighting up from everyone ringing to our Facebook is going nuts to it all just going really crazy. And then we go out to this um, venue the next day and it's all the talk. It's 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 huge. And and I didn't ever – we always wonder what was going to be a show that, you know, like when Dan and I did World of Crashing Games, it was like this is this is going to be the show, yeah. the one show that just everything's going to become easier and, and it didn't. And then you think, oh, well. But when we did Australia's Got Talent, I de- certainly don't. And I'm going to ask you, James, how you felt. I didn't think it was going to be that big for us. I thought it was a good little feather in our cap, but that's all it was. It was like, yep, we did that, especially that we didn't go on. Like once they sort of mm-hmm. took the – air out of the balloon as far as proceeding I, I just thought this was just done it's going to be something and then it really didn't it it opened up heaps of doors what do you remember about that james what were you expecting when it when it went to air yeah i, I mean i was definitely i was pretty gutted that we didn't go further it's not that i ever had an expectation that we were going to win it but i had an expectation that we were going to go at least a few rounds because you and i had planned out like you know some different acts um, that, you know, had please involved and like big horse, a little horse and, you know, numerous different things. And I was, I was pretty, I was pretty, you know, you know, disappointed that it didn't go forward um, beyond where we went. I never had any expectation as to how big of impact that it would have for how little that we did on it. Because in, you know, for most people, they only know the one round that they see. But what's amazing to me, and, you, and you've brought this up several times, like, and people in America think that it happened on America's Got Talent because they use that so many times in Europe, America, obviously. The Australia um, of airing, you know, that act of ours. Like, we got so much mileage out of that. And I'll never forget, like, there's never been another time in our career in terms of social media wise where we were, we were jumping up tens of thousands of um, followers a day. I mean, that was just like, that was amazing. That's that's right. So for for us, if we knew that going into it, then, you know, all, all of a sudden it probably wouldn't have been such a big surprise. And, and we probably thought maybe if we were going to get through, like Dan said, a few rounds that maybe we had that expectation. And like he said, we had other acts that we, because you had to, that was one thing signing up that couldn't do the same thing. Yeah. So you got, and you got these other acts, yep, we're ready to, and each one was going to get bigger than the next. And uh, and that's probably why, and he's only brought that to light and helped me remember that was probably one of the things that we were disappointed about the most is that we didn't get to keep showcasing mm. our horsemanship. 
But in the same time, I don't know if we would have got any more out of it by going on it any longer. Like it's had just one clip that that's the power of that mainstream um, exposure. <sighs> unbelievable. Phenomenal. So going on there, you mentioned that you were in the States because that's the next thing that I wanted to sort of clarify and go over a little bit, James, is 2011, you start spending a fair bit more time in the States, especially with TaylorMade. Can you tell us a little about a little bit about those experiences and, and what you're actually sort of doing at that time? Well, initially freezing my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, I, I remember like being so keen to get across here and I remember Frank Taylor saying to me at the time, well, you know, like, you know, January, February, March is, you know, like it can be kind of pretty cold and that here. I'm like, oh, I can't be that bad. Like, I mean, let's get into it. You know, like let's rug up and, you know, I'm pretty keen to get across and make some money. I mean, he was so right. And I, I mm. every time from no, November, December, January, February, March, and this year into April comes around, like I'm like, oh. God's got a sense of humor because jump back. I'm going to just jump this back just real quick. 2009 prior World Equestrian Games come across to prepare for it. And I remember saying to Clay Myers, who we've talked about in previous episodes, just thinking to myself, who would live in this God forsaking, <laughs> like, hold ass place? Like, you'd have, like, get me the heck out of here. Like, not, you're insane living here. That's why I always laugh at, like, God's got a sense of humor that, um, you know, jump forward, you know, 10 years. Who's living here? This idiot. <laughs> but he, even Clay, you say that about Clay. Clay used to go to California for the winter. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's miserably cold here <laughs> in the winter. Like, and the other thing is, is that a lot of Americans, like you know, will say, "Oh, you know, it's not that bad. You're in Kentucky." What most of them don't know is that the weather here is so volatile because you've got all the humidity which you get in the summer, the humidity which you get in the winter. And you don't know from one winter to the next whether you're going to get like, you know, just a light dusting of snow where you're going to be covered in it. And, and on, in addition to that is the, is, the, is the freezing. I know that a lot of American listeners out there be like, I'm being a big wimp. Yes, 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 I am. My blood is still Australian. It's Queens still very thin and hey, the cold weather here sucks. I'm going to vouch for you, buddy, because I've been in Kentucky and particularly Lexington, obviously, over those months that you're talking about. And it is so cold that it's, we've had a little bit of a chill here for the last three days. I'm just doing, but I'm just doing the bare minimum outside. This is nothing in comparison yeah. to what you're getting in a day in, day out, week in, week out, month to month, even in the and winter. Years, yeah. And that's what I reckon. You look at, like, I reckon when we went over to Lexington, it's. And that's at the end of winter. Yeah. And it's awesome. And you go over there and, and a week or two over there, it's it's great. But living in it. Oh, yeah. When you go to work, different. that wind yeah. chill in And you got to work in it. Exactly. That wind chill. And we'll come, like, what Kim's talking about, Dan, is like late March. Yeah. You know, he's not talking about Jan- yeah. January, February. Um, I, I, we were in, t- I was in. Texas with you in January and it got cold in Texas. I would hate to see what it's like in Lexington in January because I've, I've never been there in January. Mm. But that's basically Well, the, the thing, and this is to put it into perspective for our Australian listeners, like it can be so cold here in winter time in like that January, February time that a 20 litre bucket of water is going to be frozen solid in 20 minutes. Pass, like you're pass. dipping out a whole icicle, like the whole bucket is a frozen object wow. in so 20 minutes. You'd have to have the horses drinking inside, one would think. Everything's heated. Well, you've got it. What sucks is, is that like because our whole our system here is, and for a lot of farms here in Kentucky, like we don't have heated barns, um, which is kind of a good thing because then you're not trying to acclimatize horses of bringing them in and out of heated heated yeah. barns into outdoor, blah, blah, blah. 
but the the downside to it is that you got to like then run like heat like um you know heaters in the bucket to try to stop them from unfreezing mm. but everything just becomes like a drama like yeah it, it's uncomfortable it just sucks <laughs> the the other thing about this this yeah. ta- tailor made experience that I was going to ask you about and we touched on it on one of the previous episodes is about when you got that big rig you know the the big white truck and the big it was a huge it, was, it would have to be the world's biggest four horse trailer it only fit four horses in it really how big was the living yeah how big was, oh, the it, was it was it was massive <laughs> like i mean that- it was like it was a sundown trailer and i remember like josh Lyon talking about because his dad had one at one point so it was a with freight liner truck and um the living quarters in it and you know what's interesting about like as big as it was it wasn't big enough to contain donald and me <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah well and living in a small space with donald we should just do a donald hancock two-part episode on, we all, need the sto- to. on all the stories yep. we have because i've got you just gave me a flashback to a story i had living in a much smaller trailer and i would never let him stay in the trailer like they would have to sleep out in the swag somewhere else but he would <laughs> Eat and, good bloke. Eat and hang out in the trailer. And he'd always want to get on my bed. I'm like, get off my bed, Donald. And then he just thought it was more and more hilarious to try to sit and lay on my bed and potentially eat on my bed, which is a big no-no. He's told me what you did on his bed. For me. What he did on your bed. <laughs> just get out of it, Kim. But but when you got that trailer, it was like you're a dog with two dicks. And, I'm just, and I've stolen that from bloody Heath Harris. Do you remember that? He loved that yeah. quote. He loves that quote, bit of Heath yeah. Harris. Anytime anything exciting is like... Okay, he's like, try and swim yourself out of it, but that's worse than what I've come up with no, today. come on. Get <laughs> off the grass, Kim. There's one from my dad. That's what he would say. I got one from Kim. Yeah. Dreaming. So, and that's how excited you were because when I went through the Facebook, there was more selfies of you in that truck than you with a horse for whole of 2011. And I'm not joking you. Uh, I, I, I believe it. This is where, though, I think that we've got it in because we pick up that truck. And I remember, uh, and you know, you've met Shane Moran. Yes. From Montana, who uh, was a, a good good mate of mine that that come across to to Australia to visit, and I remember him saying, "Yeah, well, if you're going to get something over here, get it big enough that you can land a helicopter on." <laughs> And I remember sending him a text going, I've, I've got, got it. it. I've got it. Big enough to land a helicopter on. <laughs> Helipads are very important to Americans. Yeah. Trump could get yeah. a visit. So, so that was it. And I remember you said we're going to have another story about about uh, Justin driving it down, but that will fit to 2012, which leads me into segueing into this part is when you're back in Australia in 2011 and we're at the Cutting Futurity. So this is another year. I think it's the third year in a row now that we're performing at the NCHA Cutting Futurity. You get a phone call from 2D Bland asking you to represent Australia alongside Guy McLean for the International Road to the Horse for 2012, so the following year, which which is really when Dan, you know, officially moves to the States in 2012 and sends Amelia and Apollo over um, at that time. Just tell us a little bit about that phone call and, and and I know that you did a little bit of a, I guess, a bit of legwork earlier than that, didn't you? In 2010, you did that show for Tootie. That's where you first met Tootie. Is that right? So, yeah, this goes back to, like you said, 2010, when we were across here for the World Equestrian Games and there was a competition that opened up in um, in Texas. And, and that, I think, that the thing that has always been amazing about the horse industry as a whole in America and you and I have talked about this, you know, at length, and, and you too, Kim, like when we're out in Denver. But what's amazing is that, like, if, if you had the World Equestrian Games in Australia, like, th- that's the horse show that's going on. Like, everybody that's a horse enthusiast, yeah. enthusiast is going to be there. 
in America, you've got, uh, you know, Quarter Horse Congress going on at the same time, yep. three hours away. Mm. Um, you know, South, you've got Texas, and you've got this, um, I think, I'm trying to remember the event that it was called. It was... Um, uh, but they made a reality um, TV show out of it, didn't they? And it you- did, and it was and it was put together originally by um, Paddy Colbert, who who was the at that point in time the the owner and the producer and the brains behind the Extreme Mustang makeover yeah. as well. Like Paddy Colbert is one of, in my opinion, the most influential women horsemen across the board um, here in here in the states when it comes to ideas. Um, like that lady is just she's an, an incredible lady to the to the horse industry over here and and doesn't get enough recognition and it was a uh, project cowboy was the name of it yeah, and um, yeah. she was always always was always has been still is a big advocate of the horse industry and just seeing how how to put it out there to the general public as to how that they can kind of you know relate to it and grasp it and so the project cowboy was again one of her inventions and and that was the first time that I met um you know Tootie um, was was during that event. Yes, so that was so along yep. along with I'll say um, Mozan Kippen, who was also there. If you if um if you want, and you would have seen Sears like some of the the geldings that he has been advertising and selling online for crazy prices. Yep. Um, Mozan was there. That's where I first met him and um, a couple of the other guys that have been you know pretty successful in the industry so this was the other one about this kim just touching on it so when dan goes down there he leaves world equestrian games to do that yeah, and, okay. and and i do the last few shows by myself and even that i was like you can't go you can't go this is <laughs> abandoned yeah there's well not only that it was more that how big that was and yeah, yeah. and and you know I, I didn't want to do them by myself completely and then but anyway dan he's just like you got this and and he was right we, he made the right decision because that opened up the doors to get us yeah. to the next part which gave us more than World Equestrian Games. Like mm. doing Road to the Horse got us a lot further than doing the World Equestrian Games as far as our our legwork for, for the state. So, you know, he made the right call. But I, if anything, I was trying to talk him out of it. I was trying to say, hold him back and say, we're here to do WEG. That's what we came here to do. Let's, mm. But we, we nearly got to the end of it and he just shot off for the last few days to go and do this deal with 2D in Texas. And and it, was, it wasn't about doing that. It was about getting into Road to the Horse. Like that's yeah, why you went down there, sure. isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, and it was it become more apparent as we got involved in that, I guess, scene as to how big of a leg that that did end up giving us. I mean, it probably was more of a you know hope on a whim. Well, I had a little bit of a stuff up there. I accidentally hung up on Dan James when I had another call, so we're going to get him back online now. Hey, mate. Uh, that was totally my fault. Somebody rang me, and I thought I was hanging up on them, but I hung <laughs> up on you instead. <laughs> So don't worry, I'm going to... Oh, high tech over yeah, here. Yeah, high tech. We, yeah, from my last episode, I'm a bit rusty. Can't rap, can't tech. <laughs> At least created the... I've got the buttons working. God, how much buttons. more do you want? You're like a bloody hyena over there, Kim. <laughs> so, so let's go back back to finishing up. And, and Kim just said he, he, he's got to get going here to work shortly anyway. So we're probably going to have to split 2011 up because we haven't even got close to it. So going back and covering this phone call. So you get this phone call from Tootie here 
here in Australia. Is, are you surprised to get that call? Are you just thinking it's coming or what's that like? Well, the first call that I got was from Guy McLean while I was still here in Lexington. Steve's saying, brother. Hey, um, what's that? Steve's brother. The doll, we always call him Guy's yeah, brother. Steve's brother. Um, so I got the first call from Guy and Guy calls me and says, hey, um, look, you know, two brands called. Um, they're looking at put, putting together um, a team. Um, they've got your name and my name down on it. Um, just sort of, you know, kind of call and say, hey, this is what's going on. I'm like, all right, that, I mean, that sounds good. Because I, like, I remember being across here, I think it was like, so it must have been like 2009. And I remember looking up Road to the Horse and, I mean, you know, trying to look through the application process and I never formally got it all, all the way submitted, but I, you know, I filled out a bunch of the paperwork and that for it and never, you know, never got much further than that. And so when that came along, I was like, you know, holy cow. Um, and then, like these you're talking about, we were at security there. You know, we, we'd kind of like at that point already agreed to do it. And what had kind of came up is that I was late on submitting something. And Tootie just flat out says to me, she's like, well, if you can't get stuff into us on time, like, you know, we may need to reconsider you being a part of it. And like, honestly, my first initial re- response in my head, now I didn't fortunately say it out loud, I was like, what a bitch. <laughs> and, she, and, and now I know her, like I know that that is, I could just see her saying it. Like when you say that now, you know. It's just because she's just so strictly business minded. Yeah. And she's she's a bit of a different cat. Like to be honest, and, and I'll just be frank, she rubbed me up the wrong way that first time I met her. It's I just, one of those rapping terms, she's a different cat. Yeah. I'll just yeah. use that in there. Yeah. And uh, I just, she, she had this, she's got that. She's she blunt. literally rubbed you up the wrong way. She's blunt. She's And I knew that she's influential and, and you know, we had to be on the right side. But she was just, she has an agenda. Yeah. She's blunt. She's to the point. It's all her way or the highway. Yeah. And if she if she thinks she can use you, she'll be, she's a bit of a puppet master. I noticed that. And and I like to think that most of the time I'm a pretty good judge of character and I reckon I got it right. What do you reckon? Oh, mate, 100% spot on. I've always said um, this about 30. Um, I have always said there was always two two people behind the scene. There's Tootie Road to the horse and then there was then there was Tootie. And uh, you know, Tootie Road to the horse was was um, was brutal and, you know, unapologetic on doing what she thought that needed to be done. And there's a lot about that that I always had a great admiration and respect for because her thing was always the event. Um, you know, for how that she's seen that it needed to be and how it represented horsemanship and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there was a part in that. But, I mean, like to the point that she was brutally flat out honest would tell you how it is. And my first initial response, like in that moment, was like, holy shit, like I, I was, I'm in a different country, different time zone, hadn't received the emails, trying to put together, you know, what we could from the other side. And, and a lot of people won't understand this, but when you get signed up to Road to the Horses, and it says you'll, you'll understand this after being competitive, it's like having another job for 12 months. Yeah. Like, you know, this cool. is everything else that you're doing. You're trying to produce videos on a weekly, it's like major promo videos do. It's a, it's an undertaking that a lot of people will never understand unless that you happen to have the opportunity to be a competitor at the event. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's the part. And, and I probably didn't get to finish it up. As far as you, you mentioned, there's two sides. You didn't get to the other side. Tootie's end behind the scenes has, has been, you know, completely supporting, loving, you know, she's helped you out there, you know, early days, James, and, and there's that side of her too. But when it comes to that road to the horse side, it's she's strictly business. And, mm. and, and what they don't remember is there's other things going on in your life for them. It's it's just road to the horse. Like yeah, that's all she's got to do. She's got to worry about producing the next road to horse that she wants to be bigger than the last, and it just moves on from there. And so if if 
she's thinking, what else has Dan James got to do other than deliver this material? Well, we're also trying to earn a living and and survive and, you know, do other things. And this is only going to be a small thing. And they don't pay you. That's the other side Mm. that people probably don't realise. They go there and they sell a lot of tickets to these events, but it's a competition. You don't get paid to go to a competition. You you get a check if you win. But for those other participants that that don't, it is not second or third prize. There's just one check. Um, Makes it it a pretty tough and, and hard event to be to go to I should say but at the same time it's the one you don't want to miss out on especially when you get rewarded yeah 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 and and you're and you're and you're right and I think that as, as our episodes go along on our timeline there'll be you know road to the horse will be woven in and out of yep. that as, as along our stories with with Tootie goes but the reality of it is that there was a lot of our time here in the states that we had a lot of support from Tootie um, she opened up a lot of doors. Um, she was always a, had been a big advocate of both yours and, and mine and had done a lot of things to help and to support us. Um, now, I will say that it was always with, it was never solely just for us. There was always alternative motive that, that, you know, that helped her, which was fine because I think that was very cut and dry and understanding between between us all, um, but you are right in, in saying and bringing to the to the surface, and especially for our listeners to know that um, you know Tootie certainly did a lot um, of things to to help us here and to uh, you know to inter- make introductions to lots of other people here to, um, for us in the state. Absolutely, like Kim alluded to, he, he's also got to get off here and, and go and do some vet work. So now I'm going to take a little bit of a break from this timeline because we can't even rush through the last part of it. It's just no. it's it's absolutely massive. The couple of things that we're going to carry on with next time is going to be talking about basically starting our education program. Like this is where now Dan and I really sort of map out our education program, both for our training DVDs, as well as our teaching in our clinics. And and then we're going on to a lot more events like Equitana and uh, going to New Zealand and doing the Equidays. And and, and there's plenty of other things. Yeah, I've got some good stories about about New Zealand. And then coming home from there, we we do another trip across the Nullarbor, but this time we we film it and... um, um, we've got some footage that we're going to be able to share on our on our socials, and also there's another story about uh, getting pulled over by the cops on the Nullarbor too, which is sensational. Which is just too funny not to share. It's actually a pretty good story, um, pretty lighthearted, luckily. So you got a Cavalier in there too, somewhere. Yeah, actually, not twelve. Saying saying while we're on that, I want to give a shout out to because your dad's a cop here. Yeah, retired. And I know yeah. that the, 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 the police are under a lot of scrutiny, at least definitely in this country, and I'm sure in most places. Um, around the world but you know look I, I think that at, at this time to, it's a yeah good shout out to um, all everyone that is in the in the police who like we all know that they, you know there's good and bad eggs in every in every basket but man I'm, I'm grateful for them absolutely uh, yep all frontline workers to be honest at the moment is something that you know we just probably got to highlight mm. at this time of the you know COVID-19 situation so we won't um, go on much further in this episode we will continue on in our follow-up episode so i just want to thank you both for coming online today and sharing hopefully everybody out there you guys are way more you guys are way more official and and just you know politically correct (laughs) that's because he keeps yelling at me he threatens to turn my microphone (laughs) off i think what he's alluding i think i think what he's ultimately alluding to is that uh we're not having the rums rums i know that's what he's alluding to but i also put it down to you being a aficionado you're like a little dictator over there oh oh. yeah i'm I'm the censorship i'm the censorship of this (laughs) podcast Sends a shit. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but uh, hopefully the listeners have enjoyed this episode and, and give us the feedback to, to think that we should go back to doing them in the PM or the AM Australian time <laughs> and find out from the <laughs> listeners what they prefer. Do they want the Dan James on the bourbon or the yeah. Dan and Kim Dan on James the rum? Drinking out of his Memorial Road to the Horse cups and uh, <laughs> we're just Memorial, here. what's <laughs> passed away? Well, well, he's no longer in it. Yeah. So. Uh, he's coming back with a vengeance. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Yay! Press the button. So we, we, as Dan did also talk about, the um, the Road to the Horse, horse stories are going to pretty much come up now for the yeah. for in every episode because we, once we get in, we're, yeah, yeah. we're in. So we'll cover some more stories from there. But other than that, if we've got no more to add, Mr. Hagen, special comments? Done. All right. Until next time, guys, thanks for listening. If you like my daddy's podcast, please write reviews and subscribe. My daddy podcasted all ten. Don't forget to share one your choice. What does choice mean? <laughs> share this podcast with your friends.